0: Welcome to Tarot for the End of Times, a podcast where we utilize the tarot as a tool to navigate through epochs of deep change. My name is Sarah Cargill. I'm an artist, cultural worker, and your host throughout the duration of this series. In each episode, I'll take a look at the archetypal figures presented in the major arcana cards from the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck, To discuss what each card has to say about navigating through cycles of change, chaos, and instability. Throughout each episode, I'll offer reflection questions and suggestions for exercises that might support you in inviting the energy and wisdom of these archetypes into your daily life and practice. If you'd like to support this podcast and the person who makes it, you can make a monthly donation through my page on anchor.fm. Your generous act of community care and reciprocity helps me to access the resources I need to make projects like this possible and sustainable. You can also support this work by sharing this podcast with your friends and loved ones, and most importantly, by tuning in. Thanks for joining me. just before dawn, the solitary charioteer emerges from a distance, right on time, right on destiny. It appears that they recently made some choices, and though we may never fully know the journey it took for them to arrive at the edge of their beloved city with their entire life strapped onto their back, what's clear is that the charioteer, prepared to leave behind the familiar in order to choose themselves. but the unaccompanied charioteer is by no means alone they walk with confidence and purpose knowing that all the loves from previous lifetimes reside in a place where the charioteer always finds home their heart They arrive at the top of a distant hill overlooking the city that once cradled the contents of their entire existence. As they approach their vehicle, they walk toward the two sphinxes, one black, one white, who lay at the front of the carriage, taking in final moments of rest to gear up for the journey ahead. To avoid startling their travel companions, the charioteer gently glides the palm of their hand across the muscular backs of the mythical beasts and sets down their sweat-soaked backpack by curled paws that cradle heavily adorned heads. Briefly roused by the scent of a new journeyer, the sphinxes crack open an eye to meet the gaze of the charioteer, let out a sleepy growl and resume resting. The charioteer then walks towards the peak of the hill that overlooks their beloved cityscape. As they watch the light from the rising sun spill over the eastern hills and cast a fiery, orange-gold tint onto well-traveled streets, the charioteer reflects on all the dreaming, loving, healing, and learning that took place in a container that now looks remarkably small. Perspective is a kind of magic. In this liminal space, between what was and what's to come, the charioteer sharply inhales through their nose to savor their final moments, living as the person they once were. As the sun creeps higher along the horizon and the quickening heat of a midsummer's day evaporates the cool dew of morning mist, the charioteer etches the outline of their cityscape onto the interior walls of their heart's chambers. Then, in one swift gesture, they turn their back to their old home, release a sharp exhale, and march toward the two sphinxes, who are now up and awake, shaking off the last bits of sleep. Using one hand to feed sugar cubes to their travel companions, the charioteer uses their free hand to reach into their luggage and unpack a large, star-studded aquamarine cloth. Wiping slick hands moistened by the surprisingly friendly creatures into the pavement, they hoist themselves up into the chariot to drape the cloth over posts that vertically protrude from the corners of the carriage. They tighten the cloth against each post to fashion a makeshift canopy, smoothing over the jagged skyline of their city with a taut blue screen. They need protection from the dizzying heat and the gravitational pull of nostalgia. Ruled by the cardinal water sign of cancer, the charioteer is well-versed in the inner workings of sentimentality and premature homesickness. If I look back now, I will never leave," they whisper to the wind. The charioteer understands that they must give themselves an opportunity to forget before they can safely play in the field of remembrance. The choice to move forward must be swiftly followed by the choice to not look back. This Cancerian archetype knows that our bodies, much like the water it carries, remembers and it can only hold so much memory at a time. Forgetting is one, albeit strategic and temporary, way to make space for new shapes, new tides, new memories, and change. The chariot card softens the blow of endings and transitions by asking us to trust that we'll find our way back to familiar shores when the time is right, and we'll find familiarity in new ones. All tides are ultimately connected through one continuous movement. The morning rapidly progresses and the sun's rays quickly pick up momentum. The pressure generated by an atmospheric cocktail of heat and urgency prompts the charioteer to move with steady focus. Now settled in their chariot's carriage, They briskly remove and roll up their sweat-soaked travel clothing and begin to unpack a few more items. Their armor, two brooches in the shape of a waxing and waning crescent moon, an eight-pointed star crown, and a sturdy, elongated wand. They piece together their armor, pausing every so often to admire the gleam of the metal plating and the cool touch of chainmail on skin. As they fasten the crescent moons onto their shoulders, they call upon the energy of the dark moon to bless their journey ahead. They adjust the laurel wreath nestled atop their head, a parting gift from the gracious and adoring lover they must now leave behind. They wear this symbol of victorious endings with pride. Then, lifting their golden eight-pointed star crown to meet the muted green foliage, they take another sharp inhale to savor the aromatic release of the hand-picked bay leaves lovingly assembled by tender hands they once held under the watchful gaze of the moon and the stars. Shifting their stance, they tap their wand along the rims of their carriage wheels to signal that it's time. The two sphinxes rise and they're off. The sign of cancer governs the torso, specifically the stomach and the solar plexus, among a few other vital organs. Therefore, the chariot card calls upon us to drop into our gut instincts an intuitive knowing to move towards our purpose. It's from this place of deep knowing, a kind of knowing that is pre-language, pre-thought, that we exercise our agency in ways that bring us into alignment with who we are meant to become. When we cannot trust ourselves and our intuition to lead us in the right direction, we second guess our capacity to act in our own best interest. That second-guessing often leads us to underestimate our gut as a viable knowing center, leading us to make decisions that might make logical sense, but don't take into consideration the truths that the heart and the intuition hold. You see, our soul communicates with our conscious selves through the vehicle of our intuition. Within the context of the tarot, we can consider the chariot to be that vehicle. The archetypal energy of the chariot urges us, no demands us, to integrate information from all of our knowing centers and to align that which makes logical sense with what makes emotional and intuitive sense. This integration is how we get on track with our purpose. Similarly to the previous archetype of the lovers, the chariot speaks to choice and decisions. However, what differentiates these two archetypes is where that choice is placed. The Lover's card asks us to respond to external change by making choices that support us in getting right within. Whereas the Chariot card asks us to respond to and assert our internal changes by making choices in the external world that best reflect and support the truth of our internal landscape as above, so below, as within, so without. The sequencing of these two archetypes reminds us of this universal law. As I mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, the gut is one of the body's somatic and energetic knowing centers where our sense of knowing is stored and cultivated. I believe it's the first place where our inner selves process incoming information moving from the gut to the heart to the mind. The cultural and historical context that I'm currently situated in is the cumulative result of colonization, white supremacy, and imperialism, all justified under the false pretense of quote, enlightened rationality and the toxic entitlement born of so-called manifest destiny. This culture prioritizes and uplifts the mind as the first and best and only place to process our feelings, questions, and choices. Now, of course, the mind is a wonderful and important tool But problems often arise when we bypass our first two knowing centers of the gut and the heart and go straight to the third, the mind. When we're not careful, the mind, in its deft ability to convince itself of anything, can be a weapon against our own self-interest. Colonization takes over our bodies in such a way that we are convinced that freedom can only be found through the mind. The mistrust of our own intuition is an understandable defense mechanism and learned response to that forced encounter. However, while that mistrust may keep us safe from immediate harm, it also keeps us from taking necessary risks that might allow us to live into our full and complex truths. The archetype of the chariot reminds us that taking charge of our lives often involves dropping into our gut feelings and learning how to discern the voice of intuition from the voice of fear. There is a knowing that lives in each of us and the chariot asks us to trust and respond to the call. Let's return to our comparison of the lovers and the chariot cards. What's interesting to me is that the Lover's card is technically ruled by what's traditionally considered a masculine planet, Mercury, and the Chariot is ruled by a feminine celestial body, the Moon. Yet, I find that the Lover's card, while it does speak to external partnerships, ultimately deals with our internal alignment and thus carries a distinctly feminine expression. The chariot, however, has always felt to me quite masculine in its expression, as it primarily deals with the choices we make in the external world. This interesting interplay between masculine and feminine expression, to me, serves as a reminder that masculine and feminine energies are not diametrically opposed or inverted expressions of each other. They are two distinct energies that embody a multitude of expressions and when brought into conversation with each other serve to deliver depth and nuance to the totality of our experience. I have to frequently correct and remind myself that the chariot is not ruled by Mars, but I think that there's a kernel of wisdom that's embedded in my persistent Freudian slip. The chariot in the upright position represents personal power and agency. When this archetype appears upright in your spread, you are being called to move into your purpose by taking a chance on your wildest dreams. This card calls upon you to express and take responsibility for your agency by pursuing your goals with passion, ambition, determination, willpower, focus, and self-discipline all of which are, in and of themselves, very Martian themes. But we know that this card is ruled by a starkly different energy, the energy of the moon. And upon closer examination of the imagery in this card, we find that the soft yet undeniable pull and influence of lunar energy presents itself in subtle ways. For example... The charioteer holds no reins to guide or control the humongous, powerful, and potentially unpredictable mythical creatures that pull the vehicle. Many interpretations suggest that the two sphinxes represent duality and opposition, often fighting each other to determine the direction forward. Within the context of this interpretation, we're meant to read the charioteer as an archetype that carries such a strong sense of willpower and determination, so much so that they are able to control the sphinxes, and presumably break up scuffles, with the strength of their mind and will. I, however, would like to offer a different interpretation of this subtle yet significant detail. Martian energy is often highlighted and expressed through war, athleticism, and physicality. Mars thus governs what we call hard power, or power that is based in militarism and the leveraging of tangible power sources such as money and armed forces. Soft power, on the other hand, is activated through more intangible power sources such as culture, relationship, education and ideology. Based on the images in the card, I believe that the chariot offers an invitation to express our agency and go after our wildest dreams through a type of soft power. The charioteer doesn't need reins, not because they have somehow psychologically coerced and infiltrated the minds of the sphinxes but because they took the time to build a trusting relationship with them by respecting their sovereignty. The sign of cancer, much like soft power, is often underestimated for the true power and influence that they do carry. I believe that this card asks us to examine that impulse to judge and underestimate the power of softness. This visual detail coupled with the image of the flowing river in the background also serves as a reminder to be mindful of how we reckon with that which we have no control over and to locate our agency in release and flow. When the chariot appears in reverse, it is a call to examine how we seriously play ourselves and create resistance in our lives, particularly during transitional periods, when we apply too much force and aggression towards matters that require a softer approach. There is discipline to be found in softness. Softness is an expression of discipline. Micromanagement is a surefire way to let the universe know that you don't trust it or yourself or the process and is often the precursor to self-sabotage. The chariot in reverse can indicate that we might be feeling out of control, powerless, or in doubt of our vision and implores us to take some space before making the next move. This card in reverse also reminds us that sometimes our original ideas and visions for what we want serve as a catalyst for us to accept and welcome change with enthusiasm. Your visions, though they are of you and come from you, carry a life and rhythm of its own. The chariot in general but particularly when reversed, asks us to balance our drive with spaciousness and flow so that we can allow for things to take shape in a way that serves our highest good, not our ego. The archetype of the chariot carries the vibrational signature of the number seven, which is a number that holds significance for many communities in different contexts. Though the number seven is often associated with luck and is certainly a reasonable interpretation to apply to this card. After all, who wouldn't want a little luck on their side when stepping into new territory? But for me, this number shows up in the chariot card in a very specific way. The number seven appears to be broken down into a four plus three equation. The number four is brought into the scene with the charioteer who wears a small square in the middle of their chest plate and sits in a rectangular vehicle that comes with four vertical posts that hold up their makeshift canopy. As discussed in the Emperor episode, the number four represents stability as well as tangible structures and systems we build in the earthly realm. Now we can see the number three embodied through the three figures that appear in the card the charioteer, and the two sphinxes. As we talked about in the Empress episode, the number three speaks to the birth of a third self by way of reconciling our light with our shadow and being reintroduced to a new iteration of the self made manifest in an entirely new form. Therefore, The number seven, within the context of this card, speaks to creating and investing in new structures that hold and nurture the new version of ourselves that we seek to reintroduce to the world. By invoking the Empress and the Emperor cards, the card of the chariot also echoes the merging of masculine and feminine energies that, when combined, gives shape and new form to your expanding spirit. There are several ways to invite the energy of the chariot into your life and to work with the wisdom of this card. One suggestion that I have is to practice mothering or reparenting yourself by acknowledging and offering yourself ample space to feel your feelings. Get intimately familiar with the rise and fall of your internal tide and make small actionable steps in your daily life to affirm your truth. How we talk about and respond to our inner truths in our most mundane moments matters. Change is more often than not incremental and mundane. This archetype also encourages you to become your biggest fan and supporter. If you've ever had the pleasure of being on the receiving end of a cancer's love and support, you have a sense of what I mean by this. Not everyone gets to come along on this ride. So determine who you'd like to collaborate with as you build new contexts for yourself, pipe up about what's changed for you and find folks who can meet you where you're at. If folks can't handle the changes they see percolating, try not to take it personally. Change is challenging for everyone who is touched by it, even peripherally. So, what would it take for you to trust yourself deeply enough to move in the direction that reflects your inner knowing, even if the road ahead isn't clearly defined? Can you imagine and feel your way into the joy of your new form? Can you conjure, embody, and then prioritize that joy in your daily practice in small but meaningful ways? Could it be a way to build trust with yourself? What do you risk losing if you choose to stay in familiar or comfortable situations that no longer reflect what you know to be true now? As we come to a close, I invite you to embrace the visions of the life you long for, to believe yourself when you feel that internal nudge that says, no, this way, and to leave some room for surprises that will steer, shake, and delight you as you close the gap between where you're at now and where you're going. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to pack snacks for the road.